Hi, good morning, everyone. So good to see each one of you here. I want to thank Pastor Yin Ming for this wonderful privilege to be here with you. Uh, it's such a great honor and it's such a great spirit here. I really feel that God is doing something wonderful in this church. Amen. Amen. This is a great church. Uh, it is that spirit of togetherness, that unity, working together that God is going to use in the days to come. Now, God's put a word into my heart for you, but we will start with a, a quiz or a test. Let's put it this way, all right? Hey, had your coffee already? Mine ready to work? Okay, it's a very simple test. All right. Now, I want you to keep score for yourself. And it's very easy. You use one hand to keep score. So there are only five questions. Okay? For every question, if you answer yes, then stick out one finger. Simple, right? If you, if you your answer is no, then you don't stick out your finger, all right? So let's see how many fingers you, you stick out, all right? Are you ready? Hello? Yeah, okay. Question number one, test number one. God, you answer yes or no, right? If you, if you answer yes, you put your finger, right? First one, God has forgiven me of all my sins. Okay, all right. I see some fingers up, okay. Number two, God has healed me or has given me good health. Okay, number three, God has protected me from accidents and danger. Okay, I see a lot of people with three fingers. All right, number four, I have experienced God's unfailing love and faithfulness. Okay, and one more, last one. I have energy and vitality to enjoy the good things of life. Yay! Yes. Okay, how many of you have five fingers up? Put your hand up. Okay, now some of you probably did not put every finger up. It's okay. We are going to stand and read God's word. After which, you may decide to put all five fingers up. Okay, come on, let's stand together. We read from Psalm 103. This is my favorite psalm. Favorite of all times. So let's read out loud. One, two, go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us through your word, and may your word bear fruit in our lives to your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. David is talking to himself in this psalm. How many of you talk to yourself? It's perfectly normal. Doesn't mean you have gone crazy. Huh? David talks to himself a lot. And in this psalm, he's actually talking to himself because he is overwhelmed with God's blessings. And his heart is overflowing with gratitude to God for all the benefits and the blessings that he has received. 
And the first blessing he lists is the blessing of forgiveness. Who forgives all your iniquities. I see most of you did put up a finger. This is the greatest gift that we can ever receive in life. Even if you did not receive any other gift after this, you are still very blessed. Can I hear amen? Amen. So, you have received this gift. Can you shout aloud amen? Amen. amen. Alright. So, all of us should have one finger up. No. Number two. The second blessing he speaks of is the blessing of healing. Who heals all your diseases. Now, the fact is that our bodies do get sick once in a while. Some people more than others, right? Now, how many of you have never ever seen a doctor before in your whole life? Never ever seen a doctor in your whole life. Okay, so I'm right. We do get sick once in a while. But the wonderful thing is that God has created our human bodies with the ability to recover, to heal itself. Can I hear amen? Yeah, it's wonderful because if, if God didn't put that ability into us, we would die the first time we get sick. It could be just a simple flu and we, we'll be killed. But God has put healing into our bodies and then He restores our health. Now the fact that all of us are here today, now none of you put your hand up to say you've never been sick before, but the fact that you are here today simply means that God has healed you of all your disease, whatever sickness you've had before. And this is true, so you should have your second finger up, okay? <laughs> because otherwise, you would not be here. But never take this for granted. Never, because we have doctors today, we thank God for them. They have discovered, I mean, they're using the, the, tr the medical signs that have been discovered for many, many centuries. But healing itself comes from God. Now, David goes on to talk about protection. He says, he, he's a God who redeems your life from the pit. The literal word there is the pit. What's he talking about, the pit? It's a Hebrew metaphor or figure of speech for death. You know, we, we don't like to speak about death, Chinese people, right? Huh? We talk about uh, many, we, 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 we say, you know, uh, oh, you know, walk away already, you know. We try to soften it. And for the Hebrews, they have another way. And that's the pit, because that's where people go after they die, you know. They, they go down. And so, he is talking about the fact that God has delivered him from certain death so many times. There was a time when King Saul threw the spear at him, point blank, and just missed. Another time he was trapped in a cave. And apart from God's divine intervention, the Philipp Philistines were attacking and Saul had to turn back. Otherwise, he would have been killed. He would never have been king. So he had escaped death many times. Now, I have escaped death many times. You say, Pastor, you live dangerously, is it? Well, partly true. <laughs> well, I was a volunteer as a young Christian, don't know anything. 
few months old in Christ. I was in Calvary Church, still my home church. And on the weekends, we will help arrange the place, turning it from a kindergarten, the classrooms, into Sunday school class. So there's this man who I just happened to know, and I helped him. He said, help lah. So okay lah, help lah, you know. So here we are, stacking up chairs and tables, carrying things around. And one day, I was carrying a stand fan to move from one spot to the other, when suddenly I felt electricity charged through my body. And I was thrown across the room, literally, across the room. I was dazed. I was thinking, what happened to me? And I realized I could have been killed because there was a shot, there was a leak in that fan. Okay? But God spared my life. It was too early to die. <laughs> I was only about 16. Okay? Well, a couple of years later, I was already in Bible school, and we were going for weekend ministry from Pataling Jaya to Tapa. Those were the days before the highway. So we go on the old trunk road. Huh? And one day we were riding a motorcycle. And, you know, two of us, Bible school students, right? And I was riding, and I was riding. And so the day, we were quite tired, you know, and riding, riding, riding. And then suddenly I, I didn't realize I was overtaking a, a, a trailer, right? But our motorbikes are small, you know, poor Bible school student, right? Not much power. <laughs> So I realized, oh dear, I don't have enough power to complete the overtaking. And we are reaching the brow of a, a small little hillock, you know. It's like suddenly, you know, you cannot see anything. And suddenly, the moment we started to descend, I saw this truck facing me from the other side. So remember, this is just a two-way road, huh? right? Dual carriageway. So on my left is the trailer. And I'm in the middle of the trailer. It's very long. Huh? And this other truck is facing me now. I am just a split second away from death. Okay? So I don't have time to react. Absolutely no time to react, you know. And then I heard a loud air sound. The guy on my, the truck saw me. And he knew that the only way to save me is to slam his brakes. So he slammed his brake and slowed down just enough for me to slip into my lane. And the truck just passed me. And I'm still alive. <laughs> I was only about 20, okay? It's too young to die, okay? All right, but God saved me. Well, uh, you thought, well, I will stop living dangerously. <laughs> well. Well, at the age of 46, I took up cycling. I don't know why I'm a late starter, you know. I, I do a lot of things very late in life, you know. I mean, people cycle, take up cycling at, in teens, you know, 20s, maybe 30s. And 46, I'm starting to cycle, and I got so excited with cycling, you know. Started to go up, uphill, off-road. And one day, I was taking a jump, you know. There are small little jumps, you know, for fun, right, you know. You kind of like jump, and then you land. So I was going downhill, and my son was behind me, and he was about 15, 16. So here I am, riding downhill, slope, 
the slope is not much, so I'm, I'm in full control. And I'm aiming for this little hump, you know, to kind of like lift off, right? So I hit the hump, and I did not realize I was going faster than usual because I was quite excited, you know. So here I am, I hit the hump, and I did not just rise a few feet. I rose very high, and I flew into the air, and I totally lost myself. I don't know, what am I going to do, you know? And I saw my bike going on my left. <laughs> my bike left me, you know. It's like, hey, where, where are you going, you know? Before I could react, I landed about six meters straight on my head. Straight like a pencil, you know. You know. And I rolled over and I was in excruciating pain. I was on my back. I was on my front, lying on the front. Okay. And the first thing, in all the pain, the first thing that came to my mind is this. I wonder if I'm paralyzed. It's very funny, you know, you can still think. You know? <laughs> when you're in excruciating pain, your brain is still uh, able to think. Okay? And I, I thought, oh God, I hope I'm not paralyzed. And I started to feel from my fingers. Oh, it's still there. <laughs> you know, it's still there, all right? So I struggled to just turn around. Oh, by the time I turned around, my son arrived. <laughs> and he said, Daddy, you know what happened to you? you know, it's like he couldn't do anything. He saw his father fly, like Superman, you know, and land. And there was nothing he could do. He's, he's about 20, 30 feet behind me, you know. So, well, anyway, uh, by God's grace, I got up, you know, pushed the bike, and then realized I can still ride. <laughs> I rode the bike, went back down the hill, went to the hospital, drove myself to the hospital. It was so stiff, I could not look back, you know. It's like, how do you overtake <laughs> when you cannot look to the back, you know, right? So then I reached the hospital and took an x-ray, and the doctor said, thank God, nothing broken. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a miracle. I mean, look, I could have been Johnny Erickson Tada, you know. Huh? Or worse, I could, I could have died, you know. But here I am. He has redeemed my life from the pit more than once. Okay. Now you think, okay, after this, you stop cycling, right? No, 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 I'm still cycling. <laughs> and I love to do it. But of course, I decided I'm not going to fall anymore. <laughs> okay, I take a lot of precautions. Well, God has protected me many times. Now, how many of you can truly say, you know, I nearly died, but God protected me. Come on, amen? I mean, some of us, not that we live dangerously. It's just that sometimes, you know, some, we are caught in a situation where if not for God, we would be dead. Now, blessing number four, he says, He's the God who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. What is that all about? The word loving kindness is actually the Hebrew word hesed, which is covenant loyalty. There's no exact word in English. The best probably is covenant loyalty. The fact that he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I hear amen? That's the kind of love he gives to us. And he says that it's like a crown. In fact, it's like two amazing crowns. Loving kindness every day. Not tender justice, but tender mercies. 
Because God is for you. Amen. He's for you. So if you have the assurance that God's love will never fail you, would you shout loud, Amen? Amen. Amen. So your finger should have been up for this one, okay? Maybe you didn't raise your finger for number three. Yeah? You said, I, I, I don't take chances. <laughs> I keep safe. Well, number five. He says, He satisfies your mouth with good things. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Now, how many of you are, are thankful that God has provided you with the good things of life? Can I hear amen? Amen. And He has also given you the ability to enjoy them, you know. Now, how many of you love coffee? Coffee lovers? Coffee lovers? Okay. About half of you, right? Maybe half are tea, half are coffee. Okay, imagine if you didn't have the ability to smell, would you enjoy coffee? Yeah. But thank God, He not only created coffee, he created us with the ability to smell. I, I love coffee. I love the smell only. <laughs> I don't really love the aftertaste of the coffee, but I enjoy coffee for free because smells are free. <laughs> okay? And that's good. <laughs> All right? And He has created us. He, I mean, He's not created wonderful food for us to enjoy, but imagine if you didn't have the ability to taste. Ayo. How to eat. Huh? Now, during COVID, some people lost their taste, at least for a while. Huh? It is terrible, you know. If you have no ability to taste sweet, sour, salty, bitter, or a combination, how are you going to enjoy durian? Imagine eating durian, you can't smell, you can't taste. You know, it's a drudgery, right? Why would you pay 50 ringgit a kilo? <laughs> For something you cannot enjoy. But God has given us not only the good things of life, but the ability to enjoy them. Never take it for granted, you know. I mean, eyes that can see color. It's a beautiful world. But what if it's only black and white? <laughs> also beautiful, yeah, okay. But not, we won't be able to appreciate all of it. I mean, the flowers all look the same. Huh? I mean, look, God has created the gift of music. But what if we did not have the ability to hear? We'll be living in a world that is, there's only one song. It's called the sound of silence. It wouldn't be a very interesting world. It is music that moves our soul. Do you realize that? If you watch a movie and there's no music background, you will never be able to get into the mood of the moment. It is music that moves our soul. And so the psalmist says, you know, oh, he, he's the God who satisfies your mouth with good things, you know, so that your youth is renewed like what? The eagles! Now, the eagle is my favorite bird. Whenever I see an eagle, I'll just stare and watch the eagle. The eagle is a picture of renewal. It's a picture of effortless enjoyment. The eagle does not need to flap their wings much. Do you realize that? All they do is they 
catch the rising current. And then they are just soaring and having fun in the air. And that is a picture of God's grace lifting us up. Now, I have a bit of an idea what that means because uh, when once when we were holidaying in Europe and our, our children happened to be there, you know, so we met and they gave me a surprise birthday gift and that is they, they gave me a ticket to go parasailing. How many of you have done before parasailing? Yeah. Huh? You, you know, there's a parachute. Huh? It's a parachute and then there's a, a guy who's called the pilot. Huh? So you just basically sit in front of him in the harness. Right? And so here I am, you know, and I think I was probably about 50 plus, you know. First time, you know, I'm wondering what's going to happen. Okay. So I asked the man, you know, a pilot, uh, how long is this ride going to be? He says, guarantee 30 minutes. You will at least have 30 minutes. Okay? Because we can't guarantee, because it all depends on the updraft, uh, how much currents rise. So but I said, is that all? He said, no, on a good day, I can stay up the whole day. The whole day. Without any effort, you know, just carried by the rising current. And so we were there, strapped down on the harness. And with a few steps down the slope, the wings, I mean, the, the, parasail, the parasail caught the wind. And we were lifted up immediately, faster than your elevator can go. Vroom, you know, we're up. And within seconds, I was a thousand or more feet up, you know. It was very, it was like shockingly fast, Woo, just rising up, you know. Effortless. Then we were soaring up there and looking down at the beautiful Swiss lake town. Amazing. This is a picture of God's goodness and grace. Can I say amen? You say amen, yeah? God carries us by His grace every day. Undeserving is not based on what you and I have done or can do. It's simply because of His grace and His mercies that sustain us. Can I hear amen? So as long as we trust in Him, it's like we spread out that parachute and His grace carries us up, His favor, His blessings. And so the question this morning is, have you taken time to allow the immensity of God's blessings, His goodness to overwhelm you. Have you taken the time to just think about God's blessings and benefits so that you cry out like David who says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, and I will not forget all His benefits. How many times have you thanked God for His blessings of forgiveness, healing, satisfaction in the last one week? Any of you did so? Last one week? One month? One month? One year? Watch night service? <laughs> That's usually a reminder, you know? Think back, you know? What? What? Can you remember? You see, life is too busy. You know, we, we are just too busy. I know life may not have been so good for some people, 
recently, the pandemic effects are still there, and some of you have more reason to complain, so to speak. But even when life is going well, we easily take His blessings for granted. You see, modern life forces us to focus on what's bad. You know, if something is broken, we quickly fix it. If nothing is wrong, life just goes on. And every day we are bombarded by advertisements that tell us that, you know, our lives could be so much better. If only we have the latest phone, latest gadget, you know, the new model car, and so on. Affluence tends to breed ingratitude. You know, a sense of entitlement, you know, like, God owes me something, or society owes it to me, you know. And then we watch the lives of the rich and famous, and our lives so, seem so boring compared to them, and comparison leads to envy, because we, thought, we think we should have what they have, their, their wealth, their abilities, and even their looks. And it can lead to resentment against God. God, compared to them, I, I have so little. What do I have to be thankful for? Modern culture feeds envy and discontentment, which is why Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will. Now, you're not thanking God for the accident. You're thanking God that you're still alive. Amen. On the way down here, uh, we, we, were, we were staying in Bukit Tinggi last night. And on the way down, there were two accidents. You know? And we think, you know, well, it will never happen. But it does. And we thank God for protection. So, it is really hard to give thanks sometimes. That's why God says, in all circumstances, give thanks. Be grateful. Now, what are the benefits of gratefulness? If God commands us to do something, surely it must be for our own good. Amen? Amen? Otherwise, why would He command us to do it? Well, gratefulness actually opens our spiritual eyes. You know, when we, we thank Him, we reaffirm that, yes, you have blessed me. I don't deserve this. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who you are. You are a good God. You are a generous God. Amen. So it, your spiritual eyes are open to see God as He really is. And it keeps you humble because you realize, I don't deserve it. And then when you humble yourself, you receive more grace from God. It is those who humble themselves who receive more grace. And Gratitude leads to contentment because when you start thanking God, you realize what you have is actually enough and that even more will not satisfy you if you are not content. Gratitude deepens our faith because it allows us to look past, look to our past and say, God, you have been faithful to me. This is especially important when life is hard. But you don't understand, God, why is this happening to me? Practicing gratefulness will enable you to see that God is still at work in your life. And He's working for your good, your eternal good. Even though at the present moment, it does not feel good. But He's in complete control. You see, life is not always good, but God is always good. Can I hear amen? Amen? Life sometimes is tough, 
but God is still good. So all these benefits are something that should not surprise us, right? Because it's in the Bible, really. We are people of the, the Word. But what surprised me was that about 30 years ago, modern science began to research the benefits of gratitude. As early as 30 years ago, they did such tests, for example, when test subjects were asked to write down three good things in your life. Okay, this is done in 2005 by Seligman. And number two, to keep a gratitude journal. That means just write something in a journal for things you're grateful for. This is done in 2014. Or to write letters of gratitude to other people. This is in 2012 by Topfer. Now, all of these subjects demonstrated improvements in levels of anxiety, depression, and life satisfaction. In other words, they were less anxious, they were less depressed, and they felt more satisfied with their life just by doing something like that. And they were tested against subjects who didn't do it you know, with controls. Huh? This is the scientific method. And so science actually attests to what God has been teaching His people for thousands of years, that there are real benefits for gratefulness. Can I hear amen? That what David did say, Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, talking to himself, is actually very good. <laughs> Positive psychology. Yeah. I, my, my, my son, uh, our son, did uh, psychology as a first major. And you know, he, he was looking at the different fields of psychology and he decided, Oh, I don't want to go and study all the mad people, you know. <laughs> All the people with problems. Huh? He decided he wants to look at positive psychology, you know, uh, what helps people to do better and so on. And so, in the field of positive psychology, I mean, people like Martin Seligman have studied positive emotions gratitude, optimism, forgiveness, happiness, compassion, altruism. And they study all these positive emotions, right? And what they found out was that cultivating such personal attributes fortifies us, strengthens us during times of adversity and emotional turmoil and leads to greater happiness and resilience that you are able to stand, you're able to go through. And what they found was that of all these attributes, uh, optimism and uh, uh, altruism, compassion. They found that gratitude is the one thing that is most strongly associated with mental health. In other words, people who have very good mental health or never, you know, suffer in that area, they are people who are grateful. They practice it. Because gratitude is the emotion that relates to our ability to feel and express thankfulness. You see, it's not enough to feel it. Until it is expressed, it's not complete. Are you with me? Yeah. You, you can say, oh, I feel thankful. But if you never say it, if you never express it, it doesn't benefit you that much. Okay? So traditionally, scientists have left the study of things like gratitude to religion to theology, philosophy. But some of these scientists decide it's time that we did the study. So in 2007, Robert Emmons began researching gratitude from 
the psychological angle. And he found that expressing gratitude actually improves mental, physical, and relational well-being. Every aspect of our life is made better when we practice gratitude. It impacts every area of life. And effects are long-lasting. And they include not only physical, emotional, social well-being, but it creates greater optimism, better connection with other people, higher self-esteem, higher energy levels, strengthened immune system, lower blood pressure, improving emotional and academic intelligence. Parents, listen to this. If you want your children to do well in their studies, teach them to be grateful. It will help decrease anxiety, depression, and even a greater ability to exercise. People who are grateful have more motivation to take care of their bodies. How is it connected? I don't know. They have found the link. And so, essentially, gratefulness is like a powerful supplement that you can take. Except you cannot buy this in the supermarket, in the pharmacy. It is free of charge. It's up to you whether you want to take this supplement every day of your life or you ignore it. It's, a, it's free. But if you take it every day, if you express it every day, it will help you go through even the most difficult moments of your life. Now, here's a true story. On 8th of May, 1984, missionary Benjamin Veer was abducted by a radical Shiite group and held hostage in Lebanon for 16 months. Okay? So these kind of things have been going on for a long time. Uh, it's just that we hear the news now and then. 16 long months, he was cut off from the outside world. Nobody knew what happened to him, whether he would even be alive. Finally, they released him. And the first questions that reporters asked him on his release, how did you spend your time? <laughs> because, you know, you're a captive, right? You cannot decide, I want to watch TV, you know. I want to have a cup of coffee. You cannot. You, you do whatever they let you do, right? So how do you spend your time? And how do you deal with the boredom and despair? Because, hey, you don't know if you ever be released, you know. You're just there, just hoping for, for mercy, right? And so he, he answered, how did I deal with boredom, despair? How did I spend my time? He told the reporters, counting my blessings. And they were shocked. What? You're captive. You're hostage for 16 months. You're counting your blessings? He said, well, some days I actually got to take a shower. I was very thankful for that. Certain days, there were actually vegetables in my food. I was grateful for that. See, he, he was thanking God for whatever, little things, you know. And he says, even if nothing good happens on that day, I would always be thankful for the love of my family because he knew they loved him. And so he was counting his blessings and that's why he survived 16 months. You see, it's hard for us to be thankful consistently, even when life is comfortable you know, and pleasant. And it's especially hard <laughs> when life is 
difficult. But Benjamin Villa learned the secret of gratefulness, and that is you have to look for something good, even in the most terrible conditions. Amen? If you look, you will find. You will find. A shower is a blessing. <laughs> a bit of vegetables in his food is a blessing. Right? And this is what Paul learned. You know, he says, I have learned the secret of contentment in the letter to the Philippians. And that's why he told the Colossians, give thanks in all circumstances. It's God's will. So, all right, how many of you want to enjoy these blessings, this, the, the benefits that, uh, of gratefulness that I've just gone through? Say aloud, amen. 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 So, I want to leave you with just something very practical that all of us can do, right? It's no point you listen to me speak for 30, 40 minutes and then you go back and forget everything, all right? So, there are two things every one of us can do to gain the benefits of gratefulness. Huh? Homework. Number one, keep a gratitude journal to record positive experiences for which you are grateful. Now, it can be on your phone, a note on your phone. It could be a, a written pad. It depends on you. If you're old school, you want to write. If you're new school, you may want to be digital. All right? I used to write in a notebook, and then I re realized I ran out of space you know, to keep my notebooks. <laughs> so in the last 20 years, I've done all my journaling on my computer. So I just type, right? and that's how I, I record. So when you notice something that is positive, even if you, on your way to work, you saw a beautiful sunrise, you know, or you saw some nice flowers, beautiful flowers, you know, just remember, wow, that was good. Thank you, Lord. Uh, you had a pleasant conversation with a friend over a good cup of coffee, or you could help a colleague or a classmate in their work, and you felt good about it, you record that, okay? So at the end of the day, you just record, or at the end of the week, I mean, some people are so busy, maybe once a week, you have a habit of writing down something. You call it your gratitude journal. And if you do that, researchers discovered that those who actually recorded their positive experiences had higher levels of alertness, enthusiasm, determination, attentiveness, and energy compared to those who didn't record. Or who focus on negative events. You know, at the end of the day, they ruminate, you know, it's like, oh yo, today didn't go well, you know. If only this had happened, you know. It's like, it's up to you. You can ruminate over what was negative, or you can choose to think of what was positive that happened in the day. So research shows that just recording experiences for what is positive and what you're grateful for, if you just do it two weeks, just two weeks, right, every day, just write. The research shows that the positive effects remain for up to six months after that. There is a payoff after that. You say, I have two weeks, I write, okay, every night write something, you know. You don't expect much, but the research has shown that it's long-lasting. Just try it, just for two weeks. Now, I, I don't write every day, but every week I will write something. And recently, this is what I, I, I write, you know, it's like, God, I'm so grateful. 
at 67 years old, I'm 67, right? I still enjoy perfect health. I still love riding up the hills, you know? And I love riding down the hill <laughs> still, right? Especially when I'm using my full suspension bike, you know? It's a joy, it's a thrill, you know? The adrenaline rushes through your body, right? But of course, I do it in a safe way, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's like I, I still love to explore. I, every time when I ride, I like to explore a new place, you know? And uh, I still currently live on a beautiful island called Penang, where there are plenty of trails to choose from. You know, every morning I wake up, you know, I, I, I say to myself, okay, do I want to ride my, my electric bike if I'm pressed for time? Or do I want to ride my you know, lighter bike, you know? Or do I want to ride my full suspension bike? You know, it's like, oh, I have to choose which, which bike, you know, to ride. And that starts my day and, you know, my energy level goes up for that day. And so I am grateful to God that I enjoy what the psalmist enjoys, you know. He, he thanks God for Psalm 103. And this is actually my prayer almost every day. I pray Psalm 103 without fail. That is how I express my gratitude to God. And I'm grateful to God for a wonderful wife who has been my companion for now, what, 47, 40, 47 years, okay. And also side by side in ministry and thankful for two wonderful children and four wonderful grandchildren. The only thing is that we cannot spend too much time because they are so far away, right? So write it down. Why is it important to write down? You say, Pastor, you are so busy, you know. Just think about it enough, right? Why, why must write down? Well, here it is. You know, in cold countries, the animals, to survive the winter, what did they do? They store up food, right? They have to. If they don't store up food, they starve. You know? Not all animals can hibernate. Huh? Even those who hibernate, they have to eat and bulk up to last through the winter. So the squirrel in cold countries, they store up food in the summer. They are frantically you know, searching for food and then they, they hide them in their store. Why? Because in the winter months, there's hardly any food out there. And so what you're doing is when you write in your gratitude journal, you are storing up all these positive memories during good times so that when the winter day comes, life is real. You don't, you're not always having summer. The sun does not always shine. There will be dark, gloomy days. During those days, you take your journal and you read what you wrote. And you realize, God, now is not good, but you have been good. Amen? You have blessed me. You have seen me through. And so you can enjoy the blessings another round as you relive the memories. This is what journaling does. It is like the squirrel storing up the blessings of the good days in summer so that you can enjoy them again. And gratitude actually enables us to relieve them. Actually, you enjoy them one more time, okay? So now, think about three things you're going to write tonight or this, this week, right? Before the busy week starts. Think about three things, okay? I'll give you a few seconds. What are three things you are thankful for just this last one week? Three things that have happened 
in your life. Okay? If you still need more time, during lunchtime, you ask each other questions. Hey, what do you think about? <laughs> it's good fellowship, you know. It's very positive fellowship. Uh, instead of talking about other things. Okay? And then, tonight, write it down before you go to sleep. Now, parents, if you teach your children to look for positive things that they are grateful for, to count their blessings, it will be a very good habit. Maybe during lunchtime, if you are with your children, you can do that. You can say, hey, what good things happened this week? Tell me three good things, right? And it's a, like a skill you can teach them. They will be happier, they will be healthier. And if at night you do that, you, do that, you know, you pray with your children, you, know, you just ask them, hey, what, what good thing happened to you today? What are you thankful to God for today? And if they cultivate that habit, then they will be very positive in life and all these blessings will overflow. Amen? So all of us can do that. How many of you say, Pastor, can, can, I can try. Come on, come on. Can? Amen? All right. I know some of you, are, oh, I don't like to write. La. I'm not the writing kind. La. Think enough, la, right? Say enough. La. No, no, no. Think it, say it, write it. Then one day, like the squirrel, you can take it out. You can enjoy it all over again. Now, secondly, to practice gratitude, volunteer in the ministry. Say, ah, yeah, pastor, I heard that before. Hey, it's very good. <laughs> because when you serve other people, you are actually expressing gratitude. You're saying, God, you have blessed me so much. I want to give something back. Now, what is Holy Communion? It is remembering Christ's sacrifice for us. Amen? Amen? He didn't think about himself. He thought about us. And we follow him. So service, ministry, is simply a response of gratitude. It's saying, God, I thank you. What, what can I do to, to repay you? Now, it's, it's not a natural human response, you know. I mean, a lot of people can feel gratitude. But very few people will take the trouble to express it. Remember, at one time, Jesus healed 10 lepers. How many came back to thank him? Only one. One out of 10. Okay, how many of you say, Pastor, even if there are few, I will be the one. I will be the one who will say, Jesus, what can I do to thank you for your forgiveness? What can I do? And this is what the psalmist realized, you know, when he realized, hey, I don't deserve this, you know. I don't deserve this. So in Psalm 116, he asks this question, What shall I return to the Lord for all His goodness to me? What shall I return to the Lord? That is being human. We feel gratitude, but go one step further. Be Christian. Say, God, what shall I return to you for all your goodness to me. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all His people. You see, service is a biblical response. It's saying, God, I owe you so much. I can never repay. But let me at least serve you by serving your people and serving other people in your name. Amen? And of course, it will give you fulfillment satisfaction it is not like you have to but you choose to and again medical science research have demonstrated people who volunteer have better mental health <laughs> they are better connected with other people 
and they also live longer and they have resilience in times of stress and sense of meaning. And people who volunteer when they are younger, they build up a resume that future employers can see, wow, this person cares about other people. You know? Hey, it even enhances your resume. So today, I want to close by asking all of us here, you can receive all the blessings and benefits of gratitude in two simple actions. First, keep a gratitude journal. Amen? How many of you say, I'll try? Come on. I'll try. Okay. I know you might not like to write, but once you get the hang of it, you realize, wow, I'm storing up. I'm storing up for the rainy days. Right? Number two, volunteer for a ministry. Now, how many of you are already volunteering in some ministry? Some ministry. Raise your hand. Come on. Don't be shy. You... Okay, why do you do it? You say, oh, I do it because my pastor asked me. No, 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 you do it because you love Jesus. Amen? You're simply doing it for Him. And so when you say, pastor, I will continue to serve, to express my gratitude, it's good. But there are others who have not started yet. This could be the first step. Because a life of service is a life of gratitude. To say, Lord, thank you. I don't deserve it. But here I am, I offer to you. I don't know what song they prepared, but I think the communion song, the chorus of the communion song is a very apt response. Once again, I pour out my life. Once again. Maybe I've done it before, but I'll do it again. Amen? Amen. So at this time, as we prepare to sing, let's just bow our heads. And let's just ask the Lord to speak to each of us. Almost all of us raise our five fingers because we've received salvation, healing, protection, God's covenant love, and the good things of life, and the energy to enjoy them. We owe Him so much. How many of you today will say, Pastor, I'll respond in gratitude. I'll write something down tonight. I'll volunteer to serve. I'll rededicate myself in that ministry. If that's you, I want to pray for you before we sing the song. As I hate about, it's between you and God. God is here. If you're saying yes, I'll take that first step. I'll write something down tonight. Or I'll begin to volunteer, to serve as a way of saying thank you to God, living a life of gratitude. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Yes, that's right. I see your hand. Yes. Any more hands? Yes. Yes. Quickly. Any more? Yes. Yes. Father, thank you. Thank you for all the children, your children, lifting their hands in response to your word. Father, Make it very clear to them how you are calling them to express that gratitude in the ministry that they are currently serving or the new ministry that you are putting on their hearts. And as they start to write down your blessings, expressing gratitude, may it be stored up for a day when they will take it out to say, God, you are good. You have seen me through and you will continue to.